I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I need to find what that thing is. So I watched some videos in that moment. I watched a, a couple TED Talks and just kind of decided like I needed to pick out what I did enjoy even from this negative experience and then add those to my experiences in the past and ultimately say, here's what I need to do next. This is episode number 66 of The Inspiring Talk with Jordan Gross. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Welcome to yet another episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast, my friend. I hope you are living best version of yourself and kicking your goals every single day. Today, my guest is Jordan Gross. Jordan is an author of best-selling book, Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness, where he shares strategies to kickstart your morning to win your day. He is also a leadership coach and a speaker. Jordan quit his corporate job to live his what he calls a cloud nine life and help others do the same. On our conversation today, Jordan breaks down his comfy method so that you can implement on it on your life to start your morning on high energy and positive mental note. We also talk about what is cloud nine living and how you can start living cloud nine life yourself and a lot more. Now, before we jump in, I would request you to subscribe to the Inspiring Talk podcast wherever you are listening from. This way, you won't miss any upcoming amazing interviews. If you are already subscribed to the show, do let me know your feedback on the show and any suggestions you have to improve this show further. Now, without further ado, let me welcome Jordan Gross. Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey, BJ. Thanks so much for having me on. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure having you here, my friend. No, the pleasure is all mine. I can't wait to be on the inspiring talk. I hope I can bring some value to your audience in a very creative and unique way. I always want to be a little bit different, so I hope that that stands out in this interview here. Absolutely, Jordan. You have been doing some phenomenal work out there. And uh, so why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about your background or maybe what's been your upbringing like? Yeah, totally. I I like to start here with a story about a potentially harmful experience that could have been that I actually turned into a favorable experience. And I think it really shows the type of person that I have become and it shows the mindset that I want to relay to all of you throughout this episode, right? So when I was about 10 years old, I had just finished up a soccer tournament or something, got a big trophy and I headed out to lunch with my friend and his family. And I remember the restaurant we were at, it was called Ben's Deli on Long Island in New York. And I was with my buddy, Eric, his dad, Zach, and his sisters, Paris and Carly. 
Now, this was one of those great meals where the service was fantastic and this, the waiter came over and he tried to interact with us and he, he gave Paris and Carly crayons because they were, they were a little younger than us. And he was talking to Eric and I about our tournament and he was a soccer guy. So it just felt amazing, right? And the food was good too. So toward the end of the meal, the waiter comes over and he says to Zach, the dad at the table, he says, you know, here's your bill. And uh, I was wondering, are, are those three yours? The kids. He was talking about Eric, Paris, and Carly. And then me, the, the curious 10-year-old kid that I was at the time, I sort of chimed in with a big smile on my face and I said, oh, you're right. How'd you know? And this next part, I'll never forget. And Bruce looked at Paris, he looked at Carly, and he looked at Eric. He looked at me and then he looked at Zach and he looked at me again and he finally said, well, them three are skinny. And man, I can remember that smile turn into a frown for the first real time. I can remember how awkward the, the environment around me felt. I could remember my friend's dad, Zach, saying, don't worry about it, Jay. He, he didn't mean it like that. And, you know, as I look back and think about it, I don't think he meant it like anything. That was just what he observed, but it was still what he said. It was still what I heard. And I knew I was bigger than my friends, but this was the first time I heard it out loud, right? So this was the first time where I was, I was faced with a choice. And my choice in that moment was to, one, accept Bruce's comments and really take them negatively and allow them to negatively impact the person who I could become moving forward. But then there was the second choice. And the second choice in that scenario was to actually embrace Bruce's comments, right? So I was overweight and I had these big thick glasses because I was cross-eyed and I had long hair and I was commonly mistaken for a girl. And last but not least, my last name is Gross. So people were already saying ew before they even knew who I was, right? Sure. So there I was as a young kid with these seemingly detrimental, um, almost like life defining characteristics, but I actually decided to use them to my advantage, right? And I was bigger than everybody else. So I used that to my advantage in sports and I had always been an amazing athlete, right? People would call me nerdy because of the big glasses. So I said, fine, I'll be a nerd. And I was incredibly studious, right? And I've always really excelled in the classroom. And uh, my last name being gross, right? I use that as an opportunity for people to laugh with me rather than laugh at me. So I became known as one of the funny guys. And I know people can't see you and I talking, BJ, but I don't have long hair anymore. So I, I did change that one. But for, you know, for so long, I was known as this funny long-haired and smart athlete, right? And that was a huge step for me. That was a defining moment because I could have chosen the other route. I could have become reserved. I could have had self-pity. I could have really taken Bruce's comments to heart and said, you know what? I can't be better. I can't use this to improve my life, right? So that was this defining moment that really has set me up for how I view any situation. It's all about framing and how you can create the positives out of it, right? So to move forward and answer your question even further, even though I had these characteristics that could have made me feel like an outsider, I actually was always an insider growing up. So like I said, I was a very good student. I was a very good athlete. I had a lot of friends. 
I have the best parents and family in the entire world. So, you know, I always on paper by the book, I fit in, you know, I was, I was this insider kid. But with that being said, there was always this voice in the back of my head that said, you need to stand out. You need to be different. You need to be weird, be unique, do you, do yourself. And uh, ultimately, as the more I experienced this traditional path that I was on, going to school, getting good grades, having internships in finance, having internships in consulting, going to get a master's degree, right? I became more and more aware of the person I wanted to become and ultimately am where I am now, which is totally deviating from the norm and choosing this path that is so much more aligned with the person who I know I should be. Uh, at the end of my life, right? I think it's very interesting, Jordan, that you share that you you know you had this realization early on in your life, and a lot of people do not have this realization of choosing the path that mm. they wanna you know live in their life, and they keep leaving their life at the same time hating it so much. Right? right. They just don't do anything about the life that they hate. To yeah. go and pursue the path where they can actually take some action and right. you know, change the life around but right. i think it's interesting how you have chosen the path that you wanted to be versus what the society and other people have defined as a norm and yes. not following that traditional path and following on the path right right uh, so now let's uh, take a bit of a jump there okay. and to talk about the first uh, book which yeah. was you know also a bestseller yeah. you know being comfy Why don't you go ahead and share with my listener what do you mean by getting comfy in the morning and how has it changed your life? And yeah. Then, uh, get into detail of what each of those uh, words and comfy means. Yes, let's do that. But first, let me rewind just a little bit. So how the book came to fruition was because, like I mentioned to you, BJ, I was sort of listening to this voice in the back of my head and I said, you know what? I've found a passion, right? And here I am in this fancy master's program, but I love the restaurant industry. And if I want by to... Way, by the way, did you go for the master's? I went to Kellogg School of Management in Chicago. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Northwestern University's business school. And I did my master's in management studies and I used the year to explore myself and I had... great conversations and great experiences really in the food and restaurant world where I even started my own startup company. I helped other startup companies in this space. And I ultimately said, you know, I have found my passion. If I want to own restaurants when I'm 35, 40, 50 years old, why not start now? Right. But I had to learn the hard way that sometimes passion and hobby doesn't always lead to purpose. Right. So very quickly into that experience, it was a very chaotic industry it was very intense it was very traditional actually whereas like i said to you bj i always wanted to be creative and innovative but here i was basically being a robot in my position going through the motions and i also realized that i i i had chosen the particular job that i did because i was in a leadership position at a very young age i had a very good salary they gave me a lot of great perks living in new york city in a big apartment and basically after 4 months i said this is not the impact that i want to make and the people who are 5 years older 10 years older are also not making the impact that i want to make they're just doing what i'm doing making more money so that's not how i'm driven that's not how 
I see my value being placed in the world. So I knew I had to make a change, right? And even though I realized that this experience was negative for me, um, I was still coming into work with a smile on my face. I was still not really succumbing to the stresses and the anxieties of the restaurant world. Whereas my colleagues who were in the same exact program, some of them would leave at the end of the day crying, right? And that just, that just wasn't me. And I attribute that to my mindset, to my experiences growing up, but also to my morning routine and the routine that I use in overcoming anything stress and anxiety inducing, which led me to getting comfy, right? So it's getting comfy, your morning guide to daily happiness. And comfy is an acronym, which we'll get into of what it stands for. But I wanted to write this book, which I had realized I had already been writing for so long in my own way of just reflecting on other people's routines, other books that I had been reading, other personal growth and development podcasts that I had been listening to. Uh, I had all this information and original thoughts down on paper. It was just time for me to polish it up and share it with the world, right? So that's what I did. And and I came up with this comfy methodology. And again, like I said, I want to be a little bit different on this show. So I want to do an interactive COMFY routine with you, if that's okay. I know. (laughs) All right. So let's do C first. And for C, on the count of three, we're just going to take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. All right. One, two, three. Amazing. So you just did the C part of your morning routine. And C stands for calm. And I want to mention here that each of the five words here are buckets, right? So uh, one stigma in the self-help world is that there are these authoritative demands for people, right? So it's you have to meditate six minutes a day to have the optimal day, or you have to do yoga to have a great day, right? I wanted to give people the opportunity to interpret and think for themselves and create their own comfy routine just like I did with how I created mine, right? So that's why it's this whole calm bucket rather than deep breathing, right? But with that being said, you know, part of calm is yoga, part of calm is meditation. It can be deep breathing just like you and I did. And the purpose of getting calm first thing in the morning or first thing before you have anything that's scary coming up is because you want to put your mind at ease right? You want to feel present. You want to be in the moment and you want to immediately start your day or whatever you're doing by being even keeled, right? And not this chaotic mindset that we all have when the alarm clock goes off. I'd like to add to that. It's so important and it has really transformed my days as well. Because uh, with the beginning of 2019, one of the habits that I wanted to instill was you know meditating and you know slowing down yes. at the first thing in the morning rather than you know reacting to those messages and yes. you know emails and all of that stuff right so you know as simple as i just wake up and sit down for a meditation and that has really changed the way how my days unfold so i think that's that's yes. a really uh, powerful one the first yes. one calm so yep. then maybe let's uh, let's yeah, move let's, towards let's do oh we'll be in We'll be interactive here with this one too. And then the next one's for sake of time, I'll just explain. But so for O, I'm going to ask you, what is one thing that you are afraid of? 
Okay, was that for me? Yeah, thought... for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what am I afraid of? Hmm. Hmm. So maybe let's say striking conversation with stranger alpha. Let's say. Okay, uh, I love that yeah, one. Let's yeah, that sure, one. yeah, sure, 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 sure. And that's so important that you you got that thought out there, right? And you didn't keep it in your mind. Yeah. So the purpose of O, which stands for openness is exactly that. It's getting those anxiety-inducing thoughts out of your mind and out there into the world. It is writing down what you're afraid of. It is expressing gratitude. It is writing down things that you've accomplished throughout the day, throughout the week. Um, And basically, you could do this with another person just like you and I did, or you can do it through journaling, right? So this is a very popular routine. It's a popular technique where you journal exactly what you're grateful for, exactly what you've accomplished, your expectations for the week, you can journal basically anything. But right, but the purpose of this openness piece is to be extremely vulnerable, to be genuine and develop a sense of perspective and appreciation for the life that you're currently living. So that's oh, that's openness. Awesome. I like yeah. that one as well because Again, you know, uh, journaling is the habit that I like. I normally take one habit for a year uh-huh. to work upon, and mm. journaling was something that I forced myself back in 2018. And mm. you know, every single morning, I have this template, you yeah. know, a printed journal with yeah. three things that I'm grateful for, my goals, yep. and to task for that particular day. And Very you know, cool. in the evening, just you know, doing a review of the. Yeah what happened throughout the day, what I have been able to accomplish and yeah. the lesson that I have learned, uh, you know, on that particular day. And again, doing that is a, one of those first things in the morning sets the whole tone for the day, how the whole day is going to turn up. And yeah. that gives you more clarity on your head. And at the same time, you are expressing gratitude to things that you are happy so that you are starting a day on a positive note on an appreciative note rather than on a complaining mode right so a lot of people start their day on a complaining note right complaining about the things you know uh and just with those kind of emotions so i think that's that's important one as well so now let's move to the third one which is m so the third one is m i won't make you get up out of your seat right now, right. but M, M is super simple and it stands for movement, right? So no. movement can be a walk, it could be a run, a weightlifting session. It's pretty clear the health benefits both mentally and physically of exercise. So starting your day or like I keep saying, going into anything that is potentially stress or anxiety inducing, moving your body literally turns on your your body and your brain too. So it gets your thoughts radiating in a more healthy way, right? So that's why you want to get moving because it, it, it just gets you started going. It gets your ideas moving as well. Awesome. Yeah. So that's M. F is my personal favorite. F stands for funny. Okay. okay. And like you were saying before, a lot of people wake up and they, they get into this complaining mindset, but it's not only complaining mindset, but it's also this pessimistic and negative view of the world, right? And I think if you ask the majority of people in the world, they would say that the first media they consume throughout the day is going to be the news. True. Right? So what I say is instead of turning on CNN, I urge you to create and turn on a PNN, 
a positive news network (laughs) where you are going to funny memes. You're looking at funny pictures, funny videos, you know, babies and dogs like make me smile. So when I wake up in the morning, I want to start my day on this optimistic rather than pessimistic note, right? So coming into the day with a smile allows us to realize that, yes, there are insanely serious things that go on in this world. But the best way to respond rather than impulsively react to them is by not taking ourselves too seriously. So that's that's the key to the F, the funny principle. Be thankful because you are alive and you got to yeah. see yet another day, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, as we are talking and every few seconds, one person is leaving this world and we are mm. still alive. And I think that's the reason for us to be happy. So smile. Yeah, Take a moment. exactly. Take a moment and smile. Yeah, yep. there you go. I, I ask myself at the end of every day, three questions. And one of those questions is, did I smile more today than I did yesterday? What are the two? The other two are, <laughs> did, I ha- did I have more energy today than I did yesterday? And was I less distracted today than I was yesterday? This third question is something that I got to ask myself a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a really uh, good one. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's move toward the last one of your comfy. So finally, comfy, C-O-M-F-Y, we obviously have the Y. And Y stands for you or your passion or your choice. And the purpose of doing that before anything that you have to do is that you are ending this routine with something that you truly want to do, something that is truly yours. It allows you to say, hey, I am taking control of my situation, of my day, of my life, rather than having my situation, my life, or my day control me. So that's how you lead yourself, and that's where you leave yourself before heading into that next part of whatever it is that you're going into. That's just amazing. I think that framework kind of summarize the all the different things that you can do when you wake up the first thing in the morning, right mm. from being calm and being yeah. open and putting your thoughts down mm-hmm. on the paper, you know, being more open. Uh, yeah. You know, either you can have conversation with your partner or maybe just put it down on the paper, you know, and on on a journal and then do some movement to get those, um, you know, some good hormones, you know, yeah. being released on your body and then be funny, smile, be happy yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, get straight into something that you truly care about, something that you uh, really want to work and make impact in this world. I think right. that's really powerful framework. Thanks, Jordan, yeah. uh, for sharing this. And it's, um, sorry, yeah. sorry, but it's, Go ahead. It, yeah, I mean, it, it just, you know, even with your answer with the openness piece, talking to strangers, right, that is, that is very symbolic of a stress or anxiety inducing experience, right? So this routine, what it's turned into is it's not just a morning routine anymore. It's what I do before I go and talk to strangers, right? It's what I do before this podcast interview, before a public speech, before a big meeting, a sales call, right? This is how I get into the right mindset. And the other thing is that I don't put time restrictions on any of them. So if I have two hours in the morning where I don't have to be anywhere, I will do a two hour comfy routine. But if I really just want to do, you know, five minutes, I could do deep breathing. I could do one thing I'm grateful for, jump up and down for five seconds, uh, watch a two second video that makes me laugh. And then the why could be, I don't know, read a quick little quote, right? 
And then boom, I've got my comfy routine in, in less than a minute. So it's, it's just something that's really transformed into everything that is stress or anxiety inducing. This is what I, I use now. Amazing, Jordan. So I'd like to now move to another yeah. half of the conversation where I want to talk about, you know, what you call it, Cloud9. Mm. And, you know, your new book is coming on the same topic as well. So I would like yeah. to start uh, this off by asking you, what is your definition of Cloud9? Oh, that's such a hard question. So Cloud9, I've created my definition off of everybody else's definition because they're all different. And a huge part of this Cloud9 living company and this journey to Cloud9 book and Cloud9 overall is the opportunity for interpretation. I don't even necessarily want there to be one particular definition, but this is what I've come up with. And this is really the, the key foundation of the book. It's that your Cloud9 is your interpretation of the life that you see yourself living versus the life that you're currently living. So the closer you are to that interpretation of where you ultimately want to be, then you are living your life like you were on cloud nine. It's these decisions and choices that you make based on yourself, your own heart, your own intuition, rather than what society or other people expect you uh, to decide for yourself, right? So that's what I truly think cloud nine is. I love that definition, leading mm. your life on your own, you know, terms and what yeah. you believe in rather than, you know, someone else's or what society tells you. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you have done that. You quit your corporate, you know, right. job because you felt that was not where your cloud nine lies, right? right? You, you know, found out your purpose in your life and wanted to take on that journey. So, you know, maybe take us through that journey uh, of of your cloud nine life, you know, when did that happen, or what was that defining moment where you decided this is not the path that I want to take, and maybe you know uh, this is this is where I want to go uh, in in yeah. my life. Sure. So I will give you a good story because it has to do with the the first book actually. So that was when I quit the job, and that's when I I wrote Getting Comfy was after it was more related to this story, but I also want to share a framework and a mindset that's super important for this. And it's two things. It's one is that I fear the what if more than I actually fear the what. And what I mean by that is it terrifies me to think years down the road that I can still have this thought in the back of my mind saying, what if I would have left my job? What if I would have started that company? What if I would have talked to that stranger, right? That scares me so much more than actually talking to the stranger, than actually leaving my job, than actually starting that new company, right? So that's the mindset I want you all to get into. And the well, other think, thing... Uh, yeah, I mean, just to <laughs> add add to that, I remember, I think I have shared this earlier on this podcast as well, but I would like to share that again. I remember, you know, uh, my university professor once saying you know what, what is the biggest pain that one person can have in his life? Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, what, what that would be. And a lot of different students gave different answers to that, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and um, at the end, she goes, uh, you know, all of that you have said definitely gives, you know, pain to the people. But 
the biggest pain that you can have in your life mm. is the pain of regret yeah i had done that you know pretty much like what you have said right so right. uh i think you know that's that's the worst thing that you can you know go to your deathbed with right just if just just if i could have you know taken yeah. that chance or just if i had quit that job just if i had asked that girl out whatever yep. that is right mm-hmm. so yeah exactly exactly and the other you know the other way to think about it is it's a little bit you know it's a little bit more introspective but basically i look at it like on the last day on this earth right my biggest fear is that the person who i became will meet the person who i could have become right i love that and just thinking like with the cloud nine definition that there could be this wide range of discrepancy between those two people is horrifying so i want to constantly live according to that person who i could have become and live according to those values so true yeah yeah okay so back to the story and this this inflection point or i i was on a podcast recently called the divine breadcrumb and this this breadcrumb moment was like that little drop that allowed me to realize uh i needed to you know find the breadcrumb and and make the change right so i like that saying for this but basically i was in that corporate job i was in restaurant management and leadership right and i i had a day where i was on the floor in the restaurant interacting with guests a normal day suit and tie putting out fires you know all those kinds of things and then i also had to do all of the administrative work after the day was over so restaurant closes around midnight administrative work takes 2 to 3 hours afterward and i was the only person in the restaurant so 3:00 4:00 in the morning I was basically doing an inventory check. And there I was in this, you know, nice suit and tie and I have rubber gloves on in the meat freezer counting our leftover hamburgers, right? And as I count it up and I go back to my office where I have to put in the paperwork and the night's numbers for that day, I realize that I locked myself out of the office. So there I am. the one place in the world i needed to be in that moment i could not get into and i just started to laugh i just started to laugh i sat down on the floor and i started to think about what it was that i was doing i just counted meat in the meat freezer i was just about to go into the database and type in our guest complaints that the signature cocktail was a couple degrees off of what it was supposed to be and i just said here i am in this position where sure people need to eat right and i could frame this however i want and i'm making an impact on the world because people would starve of whatever blah 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 but i've always been a person bj who i i'm meant to to feed the poor rather than the rich and then in this position that i was in i was feeding the rich every day and i was getting nothing out of it so that was the moment where i was sitting on that floor meat covered gloves where i just kind of said you know I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I need to find what that thing is. So, I watched some videos in that moment. I watched a, a couple TED Talks and just kind of decided like I needed to pick out what I did enjoy even from this negative experience and then add those to my experiences in the past and ultimately say here's what I need to do next. And that's what led me to leaving that job 
and starting my next thing, which was writing and speaking and coming out with different stories that allowed others to interpret for themselves how they can live their optimal lives. I think it's interesting to have those realization and, you know, I'm quite happy that I had that realization early on in my mm. life as well, like yeah. one, one and a half years into the job and I realized this is not for me. And then, you know, I mm. tried to figure out what next can I do because yeah. I hate doing what I'm doing right now. Right. And option one is continue doing that, complaining all your life and mm. becoming a person who do not take action and then just complain about how unhappy I am about my life and right. how frustrated I am and share the same emotion and same vibe around. And and the other one would be, what can I do next? Like, yeah, if I'm feeling this way, if I'm feeling that I'm not happy or frustrated with where I am today, then what is it that I can do? What can I explore next, right? Yes. So, and it's not that something that you find one thing and, you know, you are set for life and it right. might happen that, you know, it, it's a constant change. So maybe doing this the same thing for another couple of years, you might get interested by something else and that's totally normal, right? It's mm -hmm. not that you find one thing for your life and then, you know, yeah. you are sorted. It's, it, it doesn't work like that. I see a lot of, uh, you know, people saying, find that one thing, you know, and go yeah. after it and chase right. it. And I, I kind of don't believe in that as you evolve, as your mind expand, as you start having conversation with people and then, you know, a lot of things can pop out and, you know, you can experiment with yeah. all of those. So now give a framework or maybe share with my listeners how we can start living our Cloud9 life. Yeah, yeah. So Cloud9 living is all about finding purpose. It's about finding fulfillment. And in what you were just saying, I, I resonated with it so much, right? Because sometimes we believe that passion is what we need to go after. It needs to be this one thing that we focus on and dedicate our lives to, right? But just recently, I was listening to a talk from Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she was giving a talk on Oprah's Super Soul Conversations podcast. And Elizabeth Gilbert said, I have been paid, I have made my living, I've made my life off of finding my passion and then telling others to find theirs. And it wasn't until very recently that somebody reached out to me after one of my talks and said, Liz, I, I, I came to your talk expecting to change my life. And I am a traditionally successful woman who has money, career success, but if I were to have what you were explaining, this passion, right, that you put into such simple terms on that stage, I feel like I would know what that was. But Liz, I don't think I have just one passion, right? I don't think there's that one thing for me. So what Elizabeth Gilbert did in response to this was she changed her opinion on discovering passion and exploring passion. And rather, and this is what I truly resonate and believe in, is exploring your curiosities, right? It is allowing yourself to get immersed in something that makes your head tilt to the side just a little bit, right? If you read an article about cryptocurrency, 
then maybe read another one if it interests you. Maybe read another. Maybe have a conversation. Maybe do a little side gig in cryptocurrency, a project, right? But you don't need to devote your life to it just yet, you know? And that's what happened with me in the restaurant world. You know, I, I thought it was something that I wanted so badly and I dove into it and I had to learn through experience that it wasn't going to be for me. So this is the framework, right, that I've set up for people who want to live their cloud nine lives based off of all of the research that I've done in talking to other people who feel like they are living or have attained their cloud nine lives or cloud nine moments. It starts with self-awareness and getting comfy, right? And having that routine for yourself and having a, a means to get calm, to be open with others, to move, to, to have smiles on your face. And then, you know, that why piece is what we're trying to find, right? But that why piece in the moment is exploring your curiosities. So the second part is then about doing that dive into the real world and ultimately experiencing what you think is going to light you up. So it's taking that dance class. It's going to that networking event on finance, right? It's doing things in the real world that get you outside of your comfort zone and allow you to experience firsthand and being aware of that experience and intentional about it. Then it's actually, this part is unique. I, I don't ever hear of anybody promoting this, but I say to do a couple of things that you know you are not going to enjoy. So, I'll, okay. you know, if it's I taking a singing lesson, right? Like, I'm not a singer, but I want to go take a singing lesson because from that experience, first and foremost, it's something cool where I can get outside of my comfort zone. But secondly, I get to be more aware of the little pieces of it that I did enjoy, right? So did I like having a one-on-one -on -one teacher and what transferable skill can that lead to? Oh, well, a mentor, right? So I realized that from this singing lesson that to others would seem like it was just nothing, a stupid experience. To me, I realized that the teacher was amazing and taught me something. So in my life moving forward, I need a mentor who can teach me something, right? So that's what that next part is about. And then finally, I believe in, um, so I got certified in, in a leadership coaching, executive uh, coaching program called Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Centered Coaching. And basically, it uses the people around us to assess whether or not we are being the best possible leaders that we could be. So I use this in discovering our purpose and our fulfillment in our cloud nine lives. And I urge people to ask those around them, what are my greatest accomplishments? What are my greatest strengths? What are my greatest weaknesses? What do you see me doing in my life? What do you think I should be pursuing, right? Because sometimes our greatest skills are right there in front of our noses, but we think that it's innate inside of us, so we don't realize what we're best at. So that's why I like using people around you to figure that out. And then once you've done those four things, this deep, intensive discovery exploration and discovery process, then it's time to continue to explore and to figure out what that one or two things are and start putting them into your day-to-day -day life. So that's the framework. And, uh, you know, those are, are just four or five of the components to focus on. I think it's a, it's a very interesting, you know, the way you have said, and uh, when you were sharing the first part of it, right, where you just 
try and explore your curiosity. And I think that's what I have done with my own life as well, right? I was not happy with my job and I wanted to explore other options. And that's how the whole idea of starting a podcast was to get into the mindset of people and expose yeah. myself to different ideas so that I can figure something out for myself, right? That was the whole idea right. of uh, getting into podcasting. And podcasting is a medium itself kind of fascinated me and I wanted to explore more yeah. and more into this medium. And then, you know, I started actually teaching podcasting to people and, you know, uh, started enjoying helping others launch their own podcast. So that that's not something that I started my podcast yeah. initially with, right? And now, right. Uh, you know, the primary business of mine is, you know, helping others launch their podcast. But that was not the mm. whole idea of starting a podcast. I wanted to figure things out right. myself. I wanted to decode the successful people. But I think, uh -huh. you know, exploring my curiosity and then I find myself, you know, enjoying this medium and loving this medium right. so much that I want to get other people, launch their own podcast, take their message out to the world. Uh, so yeah, I want to uh, yeah, um, switch a bit of gear here once again. Please. And, okay. Um, I have heard you saying at one of the other podcasts and also, <laughs> you know, I observe, uh, you know, you doing this beautifully and here's what you have said. Networking is my superpower and I had no mm. idea until someone pointed this out to me. Uh, mm. Talk more about that because I see you are, you know, doing amazing job out there on LinkedIn, connecting with a lot of people and, you know, networking really well. So talk talk a bit more about that. What do you mean by that? And and maybe you want to, on the later part, you want to talk about some of the strategies yeah. on building or not setting your network and, you know, growing your network. Surely. Yeah. Surely, yeah. So I, I think I can speak to maybe two particular scenarios of how this has been my superpower. And it's funny that the quote says networking is my superpower because I don't love using that word networking. I would say it's more starting conversations, adding value to other people, being genuine is more of my superpower. And it's all under this umbrella of networking and, and building relationships, growing relationships. So I, I definitely want to preface with that because if you look at it as networking, sometimes it can be more daunting. But if you look at it as growing relationships, talking to a new person, right, then it gets a little bit less scary. So I, I definitely want to start with that. And for me, it has been everything over the last year and a half of me going out on my own. But also it's been how I got through school with good grades. I had great relationships with my teachers. I have great relationships with, with my parents, right? Like that, that means something, you know, I have great relationships with my friends who, who help me, right? So it's all about the people in our lives and how we connect to them, how we add value to them, because that ultimately leads to how they will add value to us. So definitely want to preface with that. Now I'll, I'll share two stories, two quick stories, and then dive deeper if you want to ask more questions, or I can just go right into it about how exactly I created these two stories. But the first one is I recently gave a TEDx talk and I just, I just saw the information for this book called The Third Door, right? And basically there's door one and door two that said you can get a TEDx talk by being a speaker and applying for the TEDx talk and getting invited to give a TEDx talk, right? But I decided to use my superpower, my relationship building. So I went through the third door. 
which was about making a genuine connection with one of the TEDx organizers, adding value to their life in some way, shape, or form, and then ultimately asking if I could be a speaker at, at her TEDx event. And that's how I got my TEDx talk. It was through networking. It was through connecting and building relationships, right? So that's number one. And then number two is exactly how you and I are speaking right now. It, it is this, I'm on a journey, my own cloud nine journey, I'm calling it, to do 90 podcasts in 90 days, right? And I need to approach every single person with genuine authenticity, right? I need to say, hey, I, look, I'm aware that I am asking you to be on your podcast, but here's the value I can add to you. Here is why I should be a good guest. Here's what I have researched about you. And that is why we are going to have this great connection and this great conversation, right? So I have gotten on at this point, you know, almost 70 shows already because of my ability to create a relationship and also have the initiative to go out and start those relationships, right? So yeah, so with a TEDx talk, and this could just be really great value for any of you out there who want to get a TEDx talk, there was a little bit of logistics. So I went to the TEDx website and I wanted to do a talk that was within three to five hours of where I live so I could drive there, right? So I filtered the search to places in New York. So that was first. And it gave me a list of, I don't know, 25 options. And then with TEDx talks, the speakers are usually booked three to six months in advance. So filtering for that, I had maybe 10 talks to choose from. And I created a list of the organizers of each event. And what I did with the organizers of each event was I looked them up on LinkedIn. I did a little research on who they were and what value they brought to the world. And then I sent them a personal message and a connection request saying, you know, I see that you do this and I would love to hear more about it or I would love to continue the conversation. And it was just this genuine chat that we had to begin with. And then as you talk more, you sort of develop this pitch that I, by the way, am a speaker and I, I've never done a TEDx event before. And I saw that you're an organizer and I saw that this is what your event is theme is and here's how I resonate with the theme and here are the stories I can tell and the value I can add and that's your pitch right and the the story for me how mine went was two of the people who I reached out to and had conversations with said hey please feel free to apply online I applied to those two and I didn't get the opportunity to speak at those but one of the people this this woman who I ended up doing her talk at TEDx Clinton she said this would be perfect and I didn't have to apply and she asked me to come and do the TEDx talk at her event basically because she already knew, liked, and trusted what I was going to say. So that's all it was. It was about gaining somebody else's trust by having a, an authentic relationship with her. I think that's a really a practical implementation of how you network and I'm sure uh, this is going to help people listening to this podcast on how they are going to leverage the network and how they are going to build those connections and meaningful relationship with people. And uh, 
you know, I love the fact that, you know, you highlighted saying that it's more about adding value first rather than making that ask yeah. is, a, is a first first thing, right? For example, oh, in... That's huge. Yeah, and in, in, you know, the example that you have given, imagine you sending that connection request by writing on a LinkedIn note saying, hey, I see that you organize a TEDx event. I would like to be a speaker and blah, blah, blah. Because they get... Yeah like hundreds of those requests, right? Exactly. But you put yourself out at a genuine person and right. adding value to them before you actually met that ask. So this is, I think, yeah. highly underrated. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. And seriously, you know, just go and ask, make that ask yeah. first, even before you right. made an attempt to understand what they stand for or what they really care about. And I think that's right. a that's a really important message out there. All right, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You want to add something? I just wanted to add one thing. It's a phrase I came up with the other day, and I think it's really fitting for that last part of the conversation. It's, you, you know, it's like my mom always used to tell me, what's the worst that can happen? They say no, right? But I think it's more than just the worst. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. It's what's the worst thing that can happen if you present it in the best way possible, or if you present it to the best of your ability, because think about it like this, like the worst thing that can happen if you say, Hey, I want to give a TEDx talk at your event, no context or anything is you get put, first of all, they say no, but second of all, you get put on a blacklist where you can't speak at their TEDx event. And then they tell other TEDx organizers that you shouldn't speak at their event because you reached out like very aimlessly, right? So like, there's a lot worse that can happen in that scenario if you don't present it in the best way possible. But if you present it in the best way possible and have that conversation and say, hey, I know you're a TEDx organizer and this is what your talk is about and here's what I talk about and here's how I could add value to what you're doing, then the worst thing that can happen is that they'll say, unfortunately, we don't have the room or unfortunately not this year, or unfortunately we just don't see you as a speaker for us this year. And then that's okay, where maybe you get to try again next year for the same type of person, right? So that's the last thing I wanted to mention was that it's not just what's the worst thing that can happen attitude, it's what's the worst thing that can happen if I present it to the best of my ability. All right, Jordan, now it's time for us to jump into the yes. enlightening round. Are you excited for this one? Yes, I am. This is my favorite part of podcast interviews. What inspires you to do everything that you do? My parents inspire me to do everything that I do. I, I think if I can make them proud and show them who they've created, then that's all I need. That's the only satisfaction I need or, or approval that I need. That's really it. Which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? Uh, getting outside, being outside, spending out, spending time in, in nature. Could you share a book or two that has influenced you personally in the recent past? So I'll do one fiction and one nonfiction. The nonfiction book, I will probably always answer this question the same, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Awesome book. And then, yeah, it's so good. And then the fiction book is The Magic Strings of Frankie Presto by Mitch Albom. And the reason why is because of the creativity and uniqueness of it and the life lessons it was able to present through a totally fictional 
never can happen magical realist type of book right the interpretation you can get and implications you can put onto your own life were so they were hidden but they were so apparent that it was this fiction book that is life-changing right and that's what the journey to cloud nine is my book in six months it's this fiction book that has totally personal growth and self-development principles within it if you were to start this success journey all over again what are those three things that you would have done differently i wouldn't have studied economics in college i would have taken the phrase you don't need no you don't need to know what you are going to do with your life a little bit less literally and i would have at least started to explore it at a younger age maybe my freshman year of college or something like that and i would not have i'm going to stick with those two awesome. i think those two are important no worries so could you share some online tool or app that you use on a regular basis maybe you know to um that helps you in becoming better organized or maybe disciplined or maybe you know for exercise or something of that sort yeah so i'm actually not an app or technology person at all i would say that my handwritten daily planner is the tool or app that helps me every single day because i write down everything in there and it keeps me organized and checking things off gives me this sense of instant gratification right and that's that's what my tool would be is to have a daily planner and something that you actually hand write because that just rewires your brain in a different way that we're not used to with all of this technology so I'll go against the grain on that question and provide a different perspective. I know what you're talking about, you know, when you say mm-hmm. instant gratification and ticking yeah. and you know just crossing that and you know. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I have one last question left for you, Jordan, but before that, uh if people would like to reach out to you, maybe learn more about you and your work and maybe get updates on, you know, your upcoming book, The Journey to Cloud 9, mm-hmm. um what is the best possible way to connect with you? and get in touch with you. Yeah, so I'll keep it really simple. Uh it's journey to cloud9.com and that's all spelled out journey to cloud9.com. On there you could find out information about journey to cloud9, the second book, you could find out information about getting comfy the first book, information about me, these 90 second interviews that i'm doing with people where they describe their cloud 9 moments these 9 question interviews where they help others attain cloud 9 um and then if you put your email into the email list every tuesday and thursday you'll receive one of those 90 second clips of somebody talking about the happiest that they've ever been so journeytocloud9.com and my contact info is on there i respond to everything or if you want to reach out to me on linkedin you can do that too guys make sure that you get in touch with jordan on linkedin he is super active there and pumping out a lot of content and mm-hmm. sharing a lot of uh, articles and you know posts there um so jordan you know i wanted to have this conversation and you know have more topics that i wanted to explore with you but i cannot sweat anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry to watch uh, you uh, uh, wipe the sweat off yeah, your forehead yeah so 
<laughs> just kidding i've got last question for you um jordan so yeah. imagine this um imagine that there is this you know largest ever built stadium in the history of the world and this stadium has got a capacity for a millions of people and every single seat on that stadium is occupied and mm-hmm. these people are eagerly and passionately waiting for you to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life and you have been given only one minute of the time what would be your message wow so i will share with you a sneak peek into the talk i'll be giving about the journey to cloud 9 and my message without giving away too much has to do with uh using complete strangers to change our perspective of change so what i mean by that is so often we are told that change is not good and you need to pursue one thing and you need you can't switch from job to job or career to career but what i'm here to say is that based off of the conversations that i've had with all these different people change is everything change is amazing and i want to change your perspective on life on fulfillment on purpose by advocating for change this has been an amazing conversation jordan thank you so much for being here on the show thank you so much for having me on I, i'm truly so grateful and i hope you got something out of it and i hope the listeners did as well so thank you so much my friend i appreciate that Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. I hope you got some inspiration or learned something. If you did, make sure to share this message with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/6666. Do connect with me on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at the rate Vijay Speaks and Let me know what you think about this show by sharing your feedback or suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.